Hey y'all, I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 204. All right, jumping right in. Hey ladies, my name is Deb. I'm from Middle Tennessee. I recently started listening to Binging, your podcast. This is going to be a long one, so bear with me. I have a few stories to share with you, but this is one that resonates with me. I grew up in my mother's childhood home. Backstory. When my mother was 15 or 16 years old, she and our cousin decided that messing with a Ouija board was a good idea. They didn't end the game the proper way, so my mother went to get rid of the board, and it later reappeared under her bed. In the end, they burnt it. Now, on to my childhood. About 14 to 15 years old, there were many nights I would be awakened in the dead of the night by something unknown. I'd never seen anything yet. At this time, I had been awakened by something touching or grabbing me and even feeling like I was being watched. You'll never guess what time of the night it was either. The haunting hour. It seemed every night I would get woke up about the same time. I would begin to hear footsteps coming up the stairs in the middle of the day, like someone with heavy working boots walking up the stairs. I would look around and there would be nothing there. Then things would randomly move around my room, candles would go missing, and random objects would go missing or be moved to some other place. I would question everyone and no one would say anything or deny that they had touched it. This is where things took a turn. I woke up night after night being pulled off my bed. This was the most whatever this thing is had done to me. Later on, I woke up to something sitting in the floor next to my bed with its knees pulled up to its chest just watching me. Then I would wake up with scratch marks and bruises. Then my friends would say they were having the same experience without me even bringing it up. Eventually, it stopped. I now have a four-year-old little boy who talks a lot to himself and looks off into the wild blue yonder. That being said, I pray whatever it is doesn't mess with him, but even now, if I'm alone upstairs, I will hear the footsteps walking up the stairs. I have another story involving my poor choice in men and murder. I'll share this another time. Thank you so much for being yourselves and sharing everyone's stories. Keep calm and creep on, Deb. If your mama just would have said goodbye, and Carrie's going to say, if your mama just wouldn't have played with the Ouija board. Yeah, I don't fucks with that shit. <laughs> also, uh, whoever was pulling me off the bed, they need to have arm day and leg day several days a week. I mean, in a sexual escapade, that'd be sexiest. Uh-huh. Just throw me around that room. <laughs> but in the middle of the night, and you fucking with my sleep, we got problems. Right. And I can't even fucking see you, but I can feel you looking at me. No, no, no. But also, the being that was on the floor, sitting in like the tornado style, uh, Mm -hmm. got a drill. Did y'all ever do that in school? I mean, I didn't because I couldn't pull my legs up to my chest like that. (laughs) But, you know, I was just done for if it happened. Yeah, I'll just take the head injury at this point. Uh, and, you know, one time a teacher was like, no, put your knees up to your... And I was like, sitting, like, crisscross applesauce. And I was like, I can't. <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do? Write me up because I'm fat? You ableist motherfucker? Damn. <laughs> okay. Anyway, childhood trauma. <laughs> but that's scary as fuck. Speaking about yours, because, uh-uh. Hopefully, your son isn't having those issues. But if he is, I hope he talks to you about them so you can be like, yeah, that happened to me too. And when in doubt, sage it out. Put that on a damn tea towel. (laughs) Tea towel. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, the next one. Howdy, beautiful spooky ladies. First, I apologize for any misspellings or punctuations I mess up. I broke my glasses and I'm doing this without them till the new ones come in. (laughs) That's the most Donna thing I've ever heard somebody (laughs) say. And Velma. (laughs) 
yes. Are you writing this with one eye closed? Because that's what I do. I call it my pirate eye. When she's drunk and when she doesn't have her glasses. Yes. <laughs> okay, I'm going to jump right in. These are not super long, I think. You can call me LJ. I'm going to start with a story from my teenage years. Hence, they're not using my name because I'm not sure what the statute of limitations is on breaking and entering. It was me and several friends. You know the type of friends you look back on now and realize they weren't really your friends? Truthfully, only two out of the group were my real friends. There were four of us girls, the guy I was dating at the time, and two other boys. We'll call them Hop and Rip, their nicknames. I can only remember their nicknames and do not remember their real names for the life of me. Guess they ended up not being important. So there was this abandoned plantation in Crystal Springs, Mississippi. Some of you might know it as Cherry Grove Plantation. It was a beautiful old home. Some time ago, I had noticed that the doors had been kicked in on the bottom large enough for someone to crawl through. I had always wanted to see the inside of the home, and so I rounded up my friends as this homegirl was not going in alone. So we got there in two different vehicles, though I will admit that all of us girls were piled into my tiny extended cab Ford Ranger. I was much smaller then than I am now. The seven of us crawled through the doors and began to explore the home. It was much larger and open on the inside than I expected, and for a good bit, we all stayed together. How they got me into the basement, I have no idea, but it was very creepy. There was a weird suspended table in the middle of the room, and then off the left side was a raised section filled with sand and a small door you would have to crawl through. But the door was creepy, reminded me of solitary confinement doors in prisons you see in movies. It had a small window with bars, and below that, a section that you would open to slide a tray through, and on each side of that tray section were round holes like you would put your hands through. I felt very put off by that door and the whole room. We all did, and we got out of there quickly. The rest of the house did not have that same feeling of pressure and fear. It was light, and I soon found myself exploring by myself. That is, till I discovered two crawl spaces on the second floor. Those spaces had that same feeling as from the basement. So I made my way back downstairs. The other girls had found the old canning room and were inspecting the long-since spoiled canned goods still in there. I felt pulled to the master bedroom, and without realizing it, I had just adjusted my path to take me to it instead of the other girls. I really was not thinking about the boys at this point. I loved the master bedroom. It was simple but pretty, or was once pretty. In my mind, I could picture what it looked like back in the day it was a grand home. There was a hand-carved canopy bed, a dresser with the old wash bin still sitting on top. I ran my hand along the footboard of the bed and stopped in front of an open chiffon robe. That is what you call the piece of furniture that has a row of drawers on one side and hanging clothes on the other side, right? I closed the door and heard it click closed, showing that the lock had caught. It still had a key in the keyhole. I love skeleton keys, so I took it out and was looking at it, and the door to the chiffon robe clicked and opened. I figured it was old and the lock wasn't holding without it actually being locked, so I shut the door again and turned the key and heard the audible lock. At this point, I decided to go find the others and turn to leave and head towards the door that leads to the main hallway. I froze when I heard the chiffon robe unlock and the door squeaking open again. 
I slowly turned to see the door wide open. I went back and shut and turned the key to hear that audible lock and then pulled and shook the door. It did not open. It was this time I finally looked in the mirror that was on the front of the door. Looking back at me was a girl who kind of favored me. She was young but older than me. I would place her in her 20s. I wasn't scared of her. She had kind eyes. Her strawberry-colored hair was done up in an old-fashioned bun, and she had a high-neck pale green or blue dress. I can't remember the color, really. I was looking at her facial features, and she had green eyes and freckles on her very pale skin. So pale, the freckles really stood out. I almost felt like I was in a trance. Whatever move I made, she made. If I smiled, she smiled. It was odd, and when I think of it now, it's very creepy. I was extending my hand to touch the glass with my fingers, and she was following my move. Suddenly, there was a banging on the floorboards below me, and she was gone. The banging started my brain working again, and the other girls were screaming and trying to crawl out of the door all at the same time. When we all got outside and by my truck, we realized the boys were not with us. We all stood there and argued about going back in to look for him. I was like, no, they got their own vehicle. Let's get out of here. And that's when the boys came from behind the house laughing. Turns out the back doors were unlocked the entire time. Also, they had found a long pole and took it down to the basement to pound on the top to scare us girls. It's a miracle those boys are still alive after that. So what do you think I saw in the mirror? Was it just my imagination? Last story. Sorry that the last one was longer than I expected it to be. I will make this one shorter. I have three dogs. They each have their own personality. There's Fudge, the two-year-old, who's actually a lazy old man. There's Spots, who is a sock thief and a fluffy potato. I swear he is fat off of air. Then there's Xena, the resident velociraptor and Fudge's full sister. Spots is their nephew. Xena is also special needs. She has a narrow disc spacing in three spots in her back, and if bumped just right, it causes pain and swelling in her spinal cord area. Then she also has an autoimmune disorder called White Shaker Dog Syndrome. It affects all colors of dogs, but it was first seen in small white dogs, so that's how it's got its name. Basically, she can have random Parkinson-like tremors, and they can last for a week or more. So far, the only treatment for this is steroids when it flares up. She's had two flare-ups. The first one, she spent a week at the vet's trying to find out what it was. It was very bad. She couldn't even stand to eat. She's my baby, and I baby her a lot. She's smart, too, and when she wants my attention, she now acts like she's hurting. She's just too smart. Anyway, back to the topic. I have always had vivid dreams, and I hear people say you don't dream in color, but I always do. But this one night, it was around 3 a.m. I got up to go to the bathroom and laid back down. I was laying on my stomach and Xena had moved between my legs, her nose and my ankles. I have a CPAP machine and I put my mask on and was trying to fall back asleep. I was nearly fully sleeping when I came back into this twilight lucid state. I had never had sleep paralysis before, but I found I could not move. I felt like it was just me and this darkness. I felt this overwhelming anger coming from all sides, and I began to find myself growing very angry, but I was confused why. I was getting very scared with the angrier I got, and the anger pressed down on me. Suddenly, I feel Xena move and hear her growling. It was then that I had enough mental control to start praying, and the feeling dissipated quickly. 
I managed to look back at her and she had her hackles raised and was staring at the front door. Our front door is visible from our bedroom. I also noticed that Fudge and Spots were also hackled up and staring, but I hadn't heard them growl or move, just Xena. When it was gone completely, they settled down and went back to sleep. My husband was snoring beside me. Nothing bothered him. It took me a bit to go back to sleep after that. Any ideas what that could have been? Anyways, I hope this wasn't too long for you. Now that I'm done, my extra large pizza ass is going to fix me some lunch and start trying to decide on classroom themes and quotes and what I want to decorate with. I found my first teaching job and I am excited to get started. Have a wonderful day. Thanks, LJ. Well, you basically just described the plot of that movie. What is it, Us, where they see the thing in the mirror? You saw your damn doppelganger. (laughs) I pictured Return to Oz when she's like going to touch the mirror and that princess or whatever is on the other side. Also, Carrie did not know what a shiver robe was, and so I hope I said that correctly, but I knew what it was, but then she made me question everything. Well, also, I'm like, damn, I'm glad she read that. I don't even know if I would know how to read that word. I don't know. Maybe it was the person who lived there before and she was just like, oh, a person like she's around my age and, you know, just like kind of mimicking you. I don't know. Also, you could have included pictures of your dogs, but it's okay. They all sound lovely. Oh, back to the chiffre robe. Um, (laughs) I was like, I mean, we obviously cut all this because I said, is that like the um, the wardrobe from Beauty and the Beast that had the moths? (laughs) When she's like, that's embarrassing. I love that. You'll look marvelous in this one. Oh my God, that's my favorite. And you sound just like her. <laughs> I used to have a CD-ROM of Beauty and the Beast. It was like games you can play. And you had to pick the... Co- it was basically Candy Crush. Like picking like... Okay, you had to do all the blue ones. And like yeah. they were like going down a clothesline or whatever. And she would say, you'll look ravishing in this one. Yeah, I said marvelous, didn't I just I then? think so. Oh, I fucked that up. <laughs> but I loved that game. Meanwhile, Donna thinks I do, like, the best voices ever. You do. Everybody listening is probably like, that was terrible. (laughs) I'm a hype girl. What can I say? You really are. Oh, but back to your dogs. Maybe it was sleep paralysis, but maybe, like, I don't know, something was outside. Like, it could have been just even a deer or something, and you were picking up from their energies or something like that. True. Okay, the next one. Paranormal, but the good kind. Hi, Donna. Hi, Carrie. I'm 22 with 22 years of paranormal experiences, but for my first email, I decided to write about my favorite one. In 2009, my best friend passed away and it turned my whole world upside down. A little backstory. My best friend was my grandpa, a veteran who was also a family man and a churchman. He loved and took care of everybody until he couldn't anymore. In 2008, he had open heart surgery and he started to decline from there. He started to forget who everybody was, he started to cuss, which he never did, and he just wasn't himself anymore. When I was little, he used to put me on his shoulders and bump my head on the ceiling, which I thought was fucking hilarious back then. He would play games with me and sing and do everything I wanted. But also being from the South, I used to chop wood with him behind our barn. That's who I remember and not who he became his last couple of months. He passed away in the house, and even though he couldn't remember who we were, his last words were, please take care of Victoria for me. Well, I'm Victoria. I held his hand, and he took his last breath, and then walked out of the room around the corner and started bawling my eyes out. I grew up Baptist and still am, but in that moment, I hated God. I didn't understand why he would take such a loving, caring man away from his family. 
Well, he was cremated, and we had a family gathering at the house and spread some of his ashes. After we were done, everybody was standing around and eating. I was sitting on the front porch by myself just thinking about him. I look up, and I see the grass going down like someone's walking towards me, but nobody's there. Then I feel somebody place their arm around me, and I hear, I'm always with you. I start crying again and know that that was him telling me that everything will be okay. I have so many more stories, but that will always be my favorite. My next email, maybe I'll send the one about the church ghost, the time the ghost clapped at me, the shadow people who stand at the end of my bed, or the ghost in my attic. I love you both and love the podcast. Keep it real and don't get scared, Victoria. That's a really sweet experience. Also, you can't be teasing us that much with all the good good that you're going to write in. Because all of those sounded so good. Except for that shit at the end of the bed. Because again, fucking with your sleep, all the things, I'm not here for that. Don't condone that behavior. Sometimes I like an audience in bed. I'm not talking about your personal life. I'm talking about your (laughs) sleep life. Okay, the next one. A haunted drunken night. Hello ladies, Kaylee here. Or, because your name is spelled uniquely and I love it, but I don't know how to pronounce it. So is it Kaylee, Kylie, or Callie? Let us know. I've sent in a couple of stories in the past, but here... (laughs) Meanwhile, we probably mispronounce it every time. (laughs) (laughs) We're the worst. We are. Meanwhile, they're like, I've sent you the correction four times. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Okay, so she said she sent in a couple of stories in the past, but here I am sharing more because believe me, I've got a lot to share. This story happened back in 2017. I am still in high school and it's summer break. It was my friend and I. Let's call her Kay. We always stayed at Kay's house because her mom was always gone with her boyfriend on the weekends and her older siblings moved out so we always had the house to ourselves. Kay has also had a lot of paranormal experiences growing up, as did I. I think we are both very drawn to the paranormal because every time we're together, weird things always happen. If one of us has a paranormal experience, the other one will too. And that summer, I was basically living at her house. We had lots of paranormal experiences that summer, and I know it's because we were together 24-7. This story is one of the very many that we had that summer. Anyway, on to the story. One night, we decided we were going to drive over to this party about an hour away. We ended up having lots of fun and getting really drunk. I had to drive us back, but we were blasting music and having the time of our lives. And yes, I know drinking and driving is bad, but I was young and stupid. We ended up getting back to the house around 4 a.m. As we were pulling up to her house to park in the garage, I noticed all the lights downstairs were on. I felt a pit in my stomach that something was wrong because we made sure to turn everything off and lock all the doors. But I was also drunk and thinking that maybe we forgot before we left. But I knew deep down we didn't. We hopped out of the car and walked through the garage door to inside the house. As we entered, we both knew something was wrong. When you walk into the house through the garage, there's a staircase and a bathroom in front. And to the left is a front door and the formal couch no one ever sat at. And behind that is a dining room you can't see unless you turn. And then to the right, you can see the kitchen and the door that leads to the sunroom. And that sunroom leads to the backyard. Kay and I looked at each other horrified by what we saw. We saw every single light was on, every single cabinet in the kitchen was wide open, the sunroom door was open, which it was locked with the number passcode. This was definitely not how we left the house. Kay started freaking out, saying things like, did someone break in? Did my mom come home? Is there anything stolen? 
We started closing all the cabinets and walking around to make sure no one was inside the house and checking it out. Kay was freaking out, but I just stayed silent. I had a feeling it wasn't a break-in. It felt paranormal. As we were standing in the kitchen trying to close everything, we heard a chair slide across the hardwood floor coming from the dining room. We froze and looked at each other with the biggest eyes. Then we heard it again, another chair. So we ran. We ran all the way upstairs in her bedroom and locked the door. Kay called her mom asking if she ever came home tonight, and she said no. She called her brother and asked if he came by, and he said no. We decided to check the cameras her mom put out around the house just weeks ago. The backyard camera showed no one coming in or out, and same with the side and front camera. When Kay was calling and checking the cameras, I could hear movement downstairs. I heard footsteps, cabinets slamming, and chairs sliding. I hid under the blankets and started to silently sob because I was so scared. Once Kay was done freaking out, that's when she heard everything going on downstairs. She laid next to me and looked and saw I was crying and asking if I heard that. I told her yes. I told her just to ignore it and let's go to sleep because I know if you decide to give the paranormal more attention, it will feed off of that energy into something more. Kay was still not convinced it was paranormal until we talked about it the next morning and did a whole scope of the house and found nothing was stolen or broken. I think whatever was haunting us that summer was evil and wanted to do harm. I'm tearing up writing this story. That was a great way to kick off summer, I guess. Thank you so much for reading my story. I love you girls so much. Kaylee. That's scary when you roll up to a house and you're like, I didn't, we didn't leave it like this. Like what's going on? It sounds like the ghost just wanted to have fun too. Ghouls just want to have fun. They were like, oh shit, they went out to party. Let's turn up. I mean, if you get to, they get to. Mm -hmm. But I'm glad y'all were safe. Okay, the next one. Sinister Sightings slash Asshat Chronicles. Hey ladies, first off, like everyone else, I have to say I love your podcast and it actually got me through the long cross-country drive. I'm currently listening to episode 179 since I'm trying to binge and catch up. One day I'll catch up and I'm probably going to join the Creepinati. You can call me A and any names will be changed or purposefully left out as I have a few stories for y'all and I'm not exactly sure on where they fit. One is kind of true crime and the other is kind of paranormal-ish. The first story. There needs to be some background, and it involves the donor of my kids. We met when I was 18, and he was 26. About six months after my grandpa died, while I was full-on rebelling everything my mom and grandpa wanted me to do. And, well, I was 18 and looked quite a bit younger. This is also important to the story for later. In the first three years we were together, his narcissistic ass basically pushed me from everyone in my life, and once I was successfully cut off from everyone, the abuse against me in pretty much every form began. Once I had my two daughters within a year of each other, the abuse was mostly verbal or getting in my face and hitting the wall when I got the balls to stand up for myself. In 2015, the world had decided to fall out from under my feet. We had spent a week in another state where my mom had recently moved. Everything seemed normal. It was a week with my mom and our daughters we shared together, and my stepdaughter, we'll call her B. Throughout our entire relationship, B pushed boundaries, and, well, almost seven years out of that relationship, I realized it was her pushing boundaries because he gave her none. She acted out against me while on the trip. Trust me, this is important, not a tangent. The ex-asshat actually stood up for me and tried to get her to do what we needed, pretty sure it was off her phone and time to eat dinner. Everything was fine when I took her home 
after the trip, B was acting normal. The second day we were home, I had to work on an open house and then close that Monday night to make up for leaving for a week. Monday night, I get a phone call from Asshat that B was saying that he hurt her. I assumed that was because he actually disciplined her and didn't let her just act out. She was acting out with her mom. I told him, okay, but I had a couple of hours before close and we talk when I get home. He frantically calls back and tells me that he was told the cops are on the way and if I wanted to keep my kids, I need to get home. I call another manager in and get home. I was home about 20 minutes and Asshat walks outside and our small town cops show up. Mind you, I'm still deep in the narcissistic mindfuck and I was more worried about why they were arresting immediately because again, I was convinced that it was all a misunderstanding. Long story short, and trigger warning, it involves B, who was, I think, 11 at the time. It's been a long time since I've spoken to her or her mom. The next day, I'm contacted by a detective, and I'm told that B wasn't accusing him of corporal punishment gone too far, but of him molesting her. I broke down crying and found out that B had disclosed to her mom about it the night before and that it had started around my 27th birthday. And B had enough because he attempted something while we were on vacation that February. During the investigation, I was spiraling because he had me so isolated and I was so constantly involved with a detective or CPS and forensic interviews for my daughters to see if he had done anything. The investigation showed that he didn't do anything to my daughters and no clear-cut physical evidence on B. I ended up having to testify and while through the trial, I didn't even believe that Asshat could do that to B. I feel horrible about it now, but I was so wrapped up into his narcissistic BS that I wanted to believe that the person I love and had kids with wouldn't do that. After a couple of days of a deadlocked jury, they found him guilty and told Asshat's public defender that it boiled down to deciding who lied on the stand, B or myself. They chose B's side, and while they didn't know anything about the hell Asshat put me through because I never reported him for anything... Even lied to the detective when asked because B had told them that he was mean to me a lot. I have a hard time being looked at with pity and well I grew up in that small town and I didn't want it to spread like wildfire that not only did my asshat baby daddy get convicted of the worst thing you can do but that I stayed after the abuse started. All in all he got 75 to 150 years because he had prior charges and had eight different charges on the case he's currently serving. I've come to believe that he targeted me because I looked so young But after having two babies back to back and the weight gain that comes with it, he joked about finding a younger model. I was angry after the verdict because I was still in a fog of mess with believing all the lies he filled my head with. And I ended up leaving my hometown and moving in with my mom in another state, leaving everything behind. I have no contact with Asshat because part of the ruling terminated his rights in family court and I stayed away from B due to just being angry with where my life had turned and I felt like a failure. Seven years later, my mom moved back to my home state and I actually went back there for the first time and faced a hell of a lot of anxiety because Asshat always told me that he would find me and logically, I know he's locked up and I was 300 miles away from my hometown and knew no one. Well, anxiety sucks and doesn't base it off of logic. For the second story is short and well, I work at the local jail in my town. Not as an officer though, I don't have the balls to do what they do. I'll keep my civilian position and continue school. And the female building where I have worked in the laundry room and the control room has a ghost. 
He is named Oliver, and the story is that he just haunts the jail, and the inmate rumor mill believes that it was a former inmate that passed away while in jail. I haven't heard from anyone that worked here from back then about anyone dying in jail except one older gentleman who passed away in his sleep about two years ago. Oliver likes to pull pranks, and most of it is harmless, just jump scares or annoying. He mostly likes to appear late at night after last count where the officers see shadows move in dark hallways, or he likes to streak across the camera screen while you're watching another room, just enough to make you question your sanity at 3 a.m. about if you saw that. But my direct contact with him is he likes to mess with my stuff in the warehouse. My dry cleaning bags that have been pulled through so we can quickly wrap up clothes that don't fall, get pulled back and off the racks with no one standing over there. Or there's random knocking, banging sounds whenever I'm the only one in the building, or I'm in front of the only other person and neither of us were in the back. It's just all around creepy, and like Carrie, I've tried to reason it away, but I usually end up saying, damn it, Oliver, about twice a week. Thanks for reading my stories and letting me finally let some of my crap out to y'all. Creep it real, ladies, XOXO, A. Oh my God, you're right. He is a total fucking asshat. But completely understand the mindfuck that you went through for years. 100%. And now you know why B was acting like that and why, you know, you thought he didn't give her boundaries and stuff because he was protecting his secret mm-hmm. that he was doing to her. Oh, God, that makes my skin crawl and I hate him. And my stomach hurt. Yeah. I'm so glad you got out of that situation, but you're so right that anxiety is not logical. No. And you can't calm yourself down, even though you're like, there's no reason I should be anxious. This blah, 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 blah. It's like, that just makes me more anxious. Like my anxiety gets anxiety. Yeah. Also, I did not know that you could work in a jail and be like a civilian, I guess. Psychologist, clergy. Oh, yeah. Admin. Yeah. Like, literally everybody except the officers. Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I thought all of them, like, were guards, but did other things. You know, like, the military, they're all in the military, but they do other shit. Or, like, in a jail, when you think of, like, intake, it's still officers mostly doing the intake, like, when you watch it on TV and stuff. You mean when I watch 60 Days In? Yes. Mm -hmm. Also, I watched Wentworth, and, you know, things went down in the laundry room. Mm -hmm. So, I'm like... Wait, you work in the laundry room? Like, you don't have to be a guard to work in there? Because that's where shit goes down. It showed it up in Wentworth. Uh-huh. You know, I still never finished that show. I don't know how, because it was so good. It's Australian prison drama. It's like the grittier version of Orange is the New Black. I always say, like, it's Orange is the New Black, but I will fucking shank your ass. Yes. Okay, the next one. Hey, ladies. You ladies have ruined me. I struggle to listen to any other podcast now because they don't bring me the happiness you two do. I came across your podcast a few months ago and have binged. I admit I struggled with the strong accents. I almost didn't keep listening at first. But then Donna said some shit about some dick and I knew in that moment I had found my soul sister and I've been laughing with you girls since. Also, I hear no accent now. Also, I can't fall asleep without your voices anymore. Thank you for being amazing and wonderful and 100% my best friends. Okay, so on to my story. Oh, also fellow ADHD-er over here, so sorry in advance. Before I had children and my body turned into something that resembles a butternut pumpkin with several muffin tops, 
I was all chunky thighs, tiny waist, big ass, and titties. So you know your girl was getting the attention from all the dudes, but like crappy dudes who never took me home. Ah, thank you, husband, for showing me my worth and how I deserve to be treated. Not only did he always drop me home when we dated, but now he brings me snacks after the deed. What a dream. Anyway, so it wasn't uncommon for me to be walking my arse home at silly hours of the night. The walk included crossing a bridge. Now, let me tell y'all about the bridge. I say y'all now because that's what you've done to this Aussie. So the bridge I had to cross is creepy as fuck. It's like a creek off the river. Nothing survives under this bridge. I mean nothing. After floods where fish have come from the main river, once the flowing stops, dead fish cover the water under the bridge. It's just murky, muddy death under there. Even as the law-breaking teens my friends and I were, none of us could stomach going under that bridge. It's known in our local town that those grounds are evil, and one local story relates to a hellhound. The legend says that if you're walking over the bridge during witching hour, a little black puppy may appear behind you. At first, it's an innocent, sweet little puppy who'll make its way towards you, tail wagging. But as it gets further onto the bridge, it will become larger, more aggressive, until it's the size of a small car. If you don't get over the bridge before it catches you, it will drag you under the bridge and to hell. So one night, I'm walking across this bridge, which is always scary as fuck, by the way, and I would pace my chubby arse out. I remember checking my phone and seeing it was 3.26 a.m. Okay, pause for a story inside the story. So this time, 3.26, and the bridge are scary because one night walking across with several friends, I asked them, what's the time? And one friend stopped and in a trance-like state said 3.26. And sure enough, it fucking was. We all bolted, left that bitch. She a demon now. She kind of came to and ran after us. When we stopped, though, she had no idea why we were running and still doesn't remember to this day. This bitch still thinks we are all holding on to this joke as grown arse adults. No, lady, that damn demon got in you. Okay, back to the main story. Anyway, seeing it was 3.26 a.m. scared me a little and made me look behind me. And guess what your girl saw? A black fucking puppy at the start of the bridge. The moment I looked at it, this fucker came running towards me. I got my chunky thighs a fucking moving, ignoring all the pain of the day's chafing and screaming my little fucking guts out. I didn't look back. I didn't want to see it morph into a car-sized hellhound. I just ran and screamed. Lights in the homes near the bridge started to come on, and one man came outside just in time to see me running off the bridge, screaming in terror. Now, being off the bridge, I thought, thank fuck, I'm safe, and looked back to tell the hellhound he was a weak arse bitch and I won. That tiny little puppy ran up to me, tail wagging, looking for some loving. I fucking died with laughter, but also cried a little because I really thought I was going to be dragged to hell. Not only that, but someone saw me running and screaming from a tiny arse puppy. It's a small town. He knows me. And I will say, it may not have been a hellhound this time, but don't doubt the evil around this bridge. It's 100% a place that even now driving over it makes me feel unwell. And also, I didn't look at that dog until I was off the bridge. The man only came out when I was at the end. Who knows, maybe it did turn into that hellhound, but became a puppy again when I was off the bridge. The 3.26 a.m. situation? Coincidence? Hmm? What y'all think? 
have more stories about getting lost on a walking track that I walked on every weekend to a local swimming hole, and this relating to a local teen legend also. Photos with the scary arse figure in the background, I'll do my best to find it, and a spirit waking up my child and watching me tend to him. Oh, and the ghost lady who haunted me my entire childhood after my mom broke a promise made to the ghost when she was a child. Until then, creep it real, but don't risk it. Run from all the puppies at 326 a.m. I don't know, but you write exactly how I think. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) There were a couple little, like, side things that, I mean, I was giggling. Oh, and about your husband feeding you after y'all have sex. Carrie was, like, doing the 100, like, yes, amen, preach it. Yes. When you finally find someone that shows you your worth, it's like a whole nother ballgame. Well, I'm still looking for that. But you're going to find it. Maybe you have some friends who would like an extra large pizza because I love an Aussie accent. (laughs) Your story was really good. I loved it. I could imagine everything. And I love how you're so me in that moment. Like, yeah, it was just a little puppy, but it could have been a hellhound on that bridge. I mean, if she would have turned around. Uh Uh-huh. And that man came out at the end. But also, I love how you're like, he knows me. (laughs) (laughs) That demon's got her now. (laughs) Okay, the next one. Sinister sightings, potentially, question mark, question mark. Hi, y'all. You can call me M. I'm from Michigan, and I'm 25. Y'all have changed my life tremendously. Thank you for being so confident in yourselves, because it has shown me that even though I'm thicker than a snicker, I'm still worthy of being happy. Anyways, I have so, 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 so many stories, but here's a few. I could probably start my own podcast with how many I have. Also, I apologize for grammar mistakes or misspelled words. My brain works too fast for my hands. I also apologize for the length. Long story short, but actually it's quite long. I've always been sensitive to the spirit world, so I have a ghost load of stories to share. The very first experience I can ever remember, I was about three or four in my old house. We would have to walk by the basement steps to go to the bathroom. The basement steps had no door, and at the bottom of the steps, there was just a white wall. Anywho, I had walked by to go to the bathroom, and I looked down the steps, and I saw red glowing eyes about six or seven feet from the floor. So moving on to the next story, probably one of the most terrifying things to have ever happened to me. That's saying a lot because I've had so much stuff happen to me. This was about the beginning of 2020, kind of when COVID started. I'm not exactly sure of the date. I had gone to bed in my creepy room and that's a whole nother story. Anyway, I was just about to fall asleep, of course, with all my nightlights on and kind of felt a presence in my room like I've always felt. It felt like I'm being watched. But this was a different situation though. It didn't feel like my normal scary demon that lives in my closet watching over me type thing. So I turned on all the lights. I eventually fell asleep probably five or 10 minutes before this happened. Then my mattress lifted up from one side, making me almost fall off the bed. I bolted down my steps so fast. I'm an extra large pizza girl. I'm not light like at all. I didn't step foot in my room for four months. Thankfully, my closet, well, one of my closets was outside of my room, so I could, you know, grab my clothes still. So eventually, after four months, I was like, all right, it's time for me to go up to my room. KKKKK, cool. Very first night, I turned on my fans because I didn't want to hear anything and went downstairs to go to the bathroom and came up and my fans were off. Night number two, my creepy ass walk-in big ass closet that I refused to go into, which is another story, was wide open, even though I keep that door closed. 
third night. I don't know why I was thinking this, but like it just so happens to be on my mind. So I know I'm from an area where Native Americans used to live. So maybe we could have built my house on top of an Indian burial ground or near one because we built this house in 2002, 2003, somewhere around there. So it's not like a murder happened here. Then I went downstairs, came up to my TV that I don't ever watch. It was turned on and it was on a Native American TV show. So I don't know how it got there and I don't know why because my remote wasn't even facing the TV. It was directed at the wall. I again didn't sleep in my room for another couple of months. Story three. This is my brother's story so I may mess it up a bit. We'll call him Joe. Not his real name. I was out of town for Easter weekend of 2021 and my brothers were home alone. No dogs were in the house because the dog was with us in Maryland. They were both in the basement when they heard what I think was running or walking on the floors above them. Anyway, I don't remember exactly, but someone was upstairs for like 10 minutes running or walking around. Joe had walked upstairs and it was like instantly freezing cold. Colder than the basement, which is weird because the basement is really cold, especially in the winter and spring. Joe gets upstairs and says, I'm going to go to the bathroom and he's in the bathroom and he sees like a black mass run up my steps. He's like, what in the fuck? He walks out and looks at the top of my steps and sees the black mass on top of my steps in front of my door. I again refused to sleep in my room. I did not want to go home. Bonus funny story. My dad had been up visiting my grandparents and he was up at this time and he heard about what they experienced. He loves watching ghost shows and all that jazz, but doesn't believe my house is haunted since we built it. He hasn't lived here in 18 years. Anyway, so he brought our 11-year-old sister to my house and they ran on the porch and they were stomping really loudly to scare my brothers. It worked. They thought it was a ghost. And let me tell you what, I died laughing. I have so many more extreme scary stories if you want to hear them. Remember, creep it real and do get scared. Much love, M. Fuck that shit toppling you out of bed. Right? Not about that life. Uh-uh. The only uh, mattress toppling out. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that was so lame. I can make your bed rock, girl. What's oh, that song? God, yeah. <laughs> I used to love that damn song. Meanwhile, we're like 12 singing it. Okay. I know. <laughs> one of my favorite, sorry, this has literally nothing to do with stories, but one of my favorite parts on Roseanne too is Roseanne and Dan were going to buy a new mattress and he was like, I'm kind of nervous. And she's like, what? And he's like, what if it's like the mattress and not me? Like, what if I like lose it when I get a new mattress? And she's like, it wasn't the mattress on the kitchen table. <laughs> <laughs> Well, remind me never to sleep at your house because I don't want to be haunted. Fuck no. Also, you can't use your walk-in closet because there's a demon up in there. I need all the closet space because I put all my junk in my closet. (laughs) And by junk, I mean all my earrings from Shein. She ain't lying. And my glasses. Thomas Shea can't see out of his glasses and you got a lot of glasses. I do. Anyway, back to your email. Uh, We need to know all the stories. Send them all in, please. All right, the last one. So just found your podcast on Monday and started listening. You guys are great and keep me awake on my hour and a half long drive to and from work. I'm running through two to three podcasts today, but it will take me forever to catch up with you. So if any of my ideas have been done, forgive me. Since you asked for it, I'll tell my ambient story. I was going to sleep and my ex-wife was watching Grease. I started seeing shadows on the wall doing the hand jive. <laughs> Then the shadow stepped off the wall and continued to dance. I got up to get a drink and the dancers followed me. Finally fell asleep and P.S. I hate that movie. (laughs) (laughs) 
I could just see this one guy that I always pay attention to in they're doing the hand job, but it's at the end. And he looks like a snake and he's like, yes, oh, yes, 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 him. That's Hate what him. I was picturing. <laughs> We're really the same person sometimes. And then other times, polar opposites. Yes. That part. And hey, Eugene. Oh, God. The yep. only things I remember. <laughs> no. Me and Tiffany constantly quote Danny Zuko. He's like, don't make me laugh. Ha, ha, ha. ha. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, okay. Well, changing gears now. Oh, the story's not over? No. Nope. Oh, shit. Sorry. I thought you were done. Me I didn't too. mean to go on that I'm tangent. Sorry. Me too. When my wife's mom was dying of cancer, I stayed in her house one night to watch out for her. She was completely bedridden. I would hear voices talking, but couldn't understand them. Cabinet doors would open. Water would turn on. The creepiest was the sound of a little kid running up and down the hall laughing at 3 a.m. I was awakened by someone yelling my name next to my face to hear her gasping for breath in the next room. A lot more happened in that house and still does when I visit it. Have you done a story on Pee Wee Gaskins? Yes. And the Gray Man of Polly's Island? I don't know, but that sounds like a Donna story. Yeah, that sounds like me and I haven't done it. Signed, Chad. Sorry, Chad, we went on a tangent on Greece. Apparently, it was a hot topic. I mean, apparently, it like triggered all these memories for us. And <laughs> I thought the email was done. So I was like, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, oh, wow, get it together, Carrie, because there's serious <laughs> stuff after this. Yes. That's really scary. Again, kids' laughter, cute. But when there's no kid there, not so cute. Not cute. Mm-mm. And why do people have to open cabinet doors? Come on, ghost. Like, I don't like that. Uh, look, I am notorious for leaving cabinets and drawers open. Yes, you are. Colby's biggest pet peeve is that I never close the glasses case in the truck. <laughs> like, I get my sunglasses out and I just leave it open. And he's like, and I close that for you? <laughs> Sorry. When we play Phasmophobia, well, this one time Cheyenne was looking for something in the, like, virtual kitchen. And she opened all the cabinets and I didn't know, like... It was her, but that should never happen. And so I'm like, just going back, closing all <laughs> That's me. I can't help it. It's just like so disorderly to me, I guess, or something. And it's just like, I want to look in the cabinets. I want to see what's going on. Like, I don't know. It just, I fixate on that. That's so funny. Whereas I'm just like, oh, don't hit your head. It's fine. <laughs> also, can I just say, thank y'all so much for all of your kind words. Y'all are always so sweet and just amazing. Sometimes you just sit behind the microphone and you, you forget that people actually are listening. And then when you hear people like, you got me through a life event and it's so touching. So thank y'all so much for sharing that because it makes it all worthwhile. Yeah. Well, thank y'all so much for these stories. Keep them coming. Y'all had all the teasers. Send them into aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. And remember, creep it real and, and don't, don't get scared. scared.